Hello, you're listening to Thought Starters, a podcast on the business of creativity, recorded in the pod at White City Place. I'm David Misham. On today's episode, The World of Work, we meet two design company CEOs who discuss how they've bucked the status quo of their industries, but also the work each of them is doing that has helped shape the office spaces and businesses of others. How can design make us feel valued as employees and remind us of the value our work has in the world? What must designers and architects be doing to adapt to the changing expectations of fast-moving startups with rapidly expanding footprints and whole new ways of organizing their spaces? My name is Petrus Palmer, and I'm the founder and CEO of HEM, which is a Stockholm-based design brand. I'm David Galulo, CEO and Chief Creative Officer at Wrapped Studio. Petrus is founder and CEO of Stockholm-based design brand HEM. He graduated from Linnaeus University with a degree in industrial design and the ambition to spark more innovation in the design industry. He was also a founding member of the Swedish design studio Form Us With Love. Since it was founded in 2014, HEM, which is Swedish for home, has established a successful range of over 300 products that are available in 34 countries. HEM has collaborated with leading designers including Gam Fertese, Philip Malloway, Luca Niketto, and Max Lam. Petrus is also chairman of the board of Design Sweden, an organization set up to support, nurture, and enable Swedish designers across the globe. David is the CEO of Wrapped Studio, a multidisciplinary design studio based in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York, best known for creating office spaces for brands such as Google, HBO, PayPal, Adobe, Dropbox, Vans, Turner, Twitter, and more, with a number of retail and hospitality clients on top of that. Wrap also helps brands define their aesthetic and identity, taking a research-based, anthropological approach, thanks to an in-house capability to design all touch points of a brand, from interiors and products to websites, events, experiences, and logos. David has been CEO of Wrapped since 2011. So, uh, Petrus, um, as we've we've talked, uh, you know, we I think share um, the idea that um, kind of looking around in fairly traditional uh, industries um, in design and furniture design and manufacturing um, that um, there have been basic ways to do business for a long time um, and, uh, uh, you know, looking at some of the tradition, uh, some of the things that work um, that, you know, looking at new ways to actually – new methods, new ideas about how to bring design about – um, is really um, kind of key to, to staying relevant. Um, I know that that we've looked at the design industry. Um, it's been a very linear process. Um, we're an interdisciplinary firm doing lots of things from brand strategy all the way through to architecture. Um, and I know for us, it was important to look at that traditional linear process and bring multiple voices to the table uh, to really get the best thinking. Um, and at the end of the day, it's about human experience. So when we design, we think about that. Yeah, no, and it's uh, it's something we share. Um, I mean, design uh, and even more so architecture is old industries. I mean, architecture must be one of the oldest in the world. <laughs> design is actually not that old, maybe a hundred years or so, if you talk about industrial design. Um, but the industries are old and archaic, I'd say, in how the, the businesses are being built and, and the, the work is conducted to some extent. 
And from my perspective, the design industry that I've been part of the last couple of years uh, is the the premium design business with focus on originality, on quality, on all the beauty that uh, I love, and I'm sure many others in this industry. Um, but uh, I, f- I feel that some of the more structural um, parts of the business uh, hasn't been looked at uh, with the same type of love. There's been quite a lot of uh, new brands started, new products launched, but um, I don't feel that there's the same kind of rebirth to how you see the businesses being designed, uh, especially the, the distribution side. I mean, the design businesses is is uh, something I t- thought a lot about. I'm not sure this actually applies to architecture, but we had a good conversation uh, when, yesterday when we talked about the the fact that you guys in your practice uh, apply modern uh, organizational methodology such as agile or working in sprints and this kind of more uh, maybe born from the tech world concepts um, that I think is a smart thing, even though our product in the end is probably pretty um, similar to what it was even you know, a decade or five ago. Yeah, I think for for us, you know, we looked around and saw that our clients were were basically dealing with much more complex issues than we were able to touch in the traditional process of kind of architecture and interior design. Um, and and so f- for us, it was really how can we be more useful, more relevant, um, and use design thinking, which is a term that's that's kind of bandied about quite often these days. But really, to, to you know, I believe that design has the ability to solve really complex problems elegantly. Um, and it has the ability to, uh, you know, uh, celebrate shared stories, uh, which really brings people together. And so our work, whether it be retail or workplace or hospitality, is about kind of exploiting that human interaction, designing spaces or brands or kind of stories around bringing those people together and celebrating that. Um, For us, it was important that we have multiple points of view. If we're talking about a a complex uh, human kind of series of human interactions, um, bringing together small teams of strategists and industrial designers, architects, graphic designers, kind of thinkers and designers of all types um, to, to, to bring their experience, their point of view on defining the problem and solving it, um, working in sprints, kind of delivering, thinking about all aspects of the design and delivery of a project all at once in a circular and kind of iterative motion rather mm-hmm. than a linear motion. Oftentimes you get to the end and realize had you asked a different question early on, you would have yeah. come up with a better result and I think in a more iterative uh, process um, that, that is represented by the Agile process, uh, we found great success yeah. to that end. And you find it kind of contradictory to the – I mean, the house, for instance, it's, it's a pretty massive undertaking and working in sprints or working in a kind of um, – ship fast and iterate uh, model is that contra- kind of contradictive to the the kind of the rigor that needs going to construction of a building for instance yeah and and you know 
for us, it's been kind of a balance of bringing, you know, we, we, we do a lot of, of workplace for tech companies. We've experienced a lot of um, the kind of agile process that they've brought, you know, software engineers have brought to the table. Um, and the whole reason there was to test the validity of a product before you went all the way through the, the process. Yeah. You tested it every time you delivered kind of the, the, the entire thinking about a product. Uh, for us, bringing the client into that process and iterating around um, kind of all of the aspects and how we deliver it. Um, and then during the, the actual delivery, bringing the contractor in and iterating around the best way to produce. Now, construction is also a, a, an age-old <laughs> entity that, that could use a little shaking up as well. Um, but that's, that's a, a conversation for another day, probably. Yeah. No, but I, I think it's, it's, it's right, right. I mean, the whole idea of not going too far before you actually test the, the validity, as you say, of the the concept is smart and it should work for any t- any product. Um, we we tend to think that we're fast, but still we're we're not fast if you compare to uh, how a software company acts. Um, we try to develop products with some type of agile methodology and in, in working in sprints and really trying to prototype quickly and see uh, get get feedback as, as soon as possible. But in the end, it's usually a, you know, a year or two or three long project to develop a new sofa system or a table, etc. Uh, which is interesting because uh, we also have the other side of uh, being a tech company. I mean, uh, 10% of our staff is software developers. Um, wow. Yeah, which I think is pretty unique for a furniture company or especially a design furniture company. I don't think that, that's, that's, that exists and looking at how they work, and of course, with all the common um, kind of best practice uh, f- from software, I, I tend to get even more surprised of how old the product development processes of uh, traditional design companies, and, and, and that's, that's uh, applied to us as well. So we, we, do, we do try to borrow some of that, but then you sometimes have that threshold of just physicality that you know in, in order to do to take the next step you need to wait x weeks for something to be molded or welded or and then you just you know there's probably ways of simulating what would have happened but still there is that kind of threshold of the, the physical object yeah. that is it's hard to, to uh, speed up. The, the, this is where I get jealous because <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately when we do uh, uh, very large architecture problems, projects, it's it's hard to prototype. You can't build it before you build it. Um, although we do try to, to, to test as many of those aspects as possible possible um, and and our process kind of being you know based on the agile process um, tries to deliver as much of the experience as possible beforehand so that we you know we 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 subscribe to what many software uh, groups do you know fail fast learn from your mistakes and and kind of move on um, and to the end you know that we have very long term relationships with with clients where we're delivering spaces ac- across the globe over and over again we do get to actually in real time learn from um, and you know kind of move forward every project kind of builds on 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 the next um, but I but I'm I'm intrigued by this idea of because I you know, you know, I love your your product, um, and to hear that you ten percent of your staff is is kind of technology based, 
um, makes me really happy because to look at your product, it's it's it does everything you want out of a traditionally crafted product. It's made beautifully. It feels good. It makes sense to how I want to live and work. Um, and so that you know, and we always try to to use the best qualities of new technology and methodologies, but not lose what's important about you know, kind of the tradition and and from a craft perspective, you know, make sure that something still feels good. Yeah, um, a, and a, it's not just about the technology. No, that's a very valid point. Maybe that's that's the starting point, and it's such an obvious starting point that I sometimes forget about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's, that's where we come from <laughs> with. <laughs> With the kind of the, the appreciation of materials and originality and things that people buy because they actually feel, you know, they feel an emotional connection yeah. rather than just a, a need. Well, there are a lot of there's a lot of architecture. There's a lot of uh, furniture that's that's about the kind of the wow, the the, the Instagram moment. Um, but you don't want to sit in it. You don't want to spend any time in in the space. And uh, so, so for for us, you know, kind of bringing those multiple points of view, engaging the client in an iterative process, making sure that it's not just kind of built on, um, you know, the latest and greatest, but not rooted in meaning. Yeah. Um, you know, means yeah. means that we're designing something that resonates with people. Yeah. And I think that's smart. If you have those bits, you both have the emotional connection and the real passion for quality, but you also have a clear, uh, uh, clear purpose about why you are doing this and also a clear defined kind of success. I don't know, what is this supposed to achieve? Because I think that's, that's also one of the pitfalls uh, when you design for the, the 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 visual or the emotional aspect that you don't you know it feels good but there's no real way of tracking if it's successful or not um, and then you're kind of tipped over to the other end instead so I think there's there's always this struggle between the right and the left brain of trying to measure what am I supposed to do here and and how is it successful uh, and it's just how how am I feeling about this experience this product or the environments as you create yeah yeah I mean it, it's it's why I'm drawn to designers um, because the um, – and, and designers of all sorts. I mean I think of software engineers and designers as, as creative, as, as interior designers yeah, definitely. or graphic designers. You know, the idea that something needs to work, that it needs to be efficient, that it needs to lean on the, the, the best technology available, but that it also needs to resonate, that it needs to be based in meaning and purpose, that it needs to bring people together. Um, you know, the, the, the idea that something could be beautifully handcrafted but well-engineered and, and, and kind of brought to market in a way that, that's efficient and, and, you know, that balance, that, that kind of um, is a beautiful thing and, mm. and is, is very hard to achieve. Um, and so, when you when you see it, uh, you feel it. Yeah, and I think that that's why I'm so determined that we should design the distribution and, and the organization as well as the product, because I don't want to end up with another furniture brand that's beautiful to look at but has a very limited reach, which means that we're only relevant for a very small amount of people. The people that go to Milan each year, maybe, or the people that are already initiated in this industry, and I, I'd like this idea that quality and mass market are not polar opposites. You should be able to do both. You should be able to deliver high quality and a lot of value without limiting the reach. I mean, I, sometimes 
when you look at modern brands and some of the products that get mass reach, you get a bit depressed because usually it's about <laughs> low price, low quality, or just, you know, the least common denominator. Uh, and I, if you look at the best companies, many of them actually have the opposite. They have enormous reach, but they also have enormous quality. And I think that should be able to be done in design business as well. But And maybe that's where we started out with this, because sometimes the design businesses that I love, the brands that I've kind of learned to, to appreciate in terms of their collection, is usually not the companies who were very successful at the distribution part. And so the world is left with the inferior options just right. because those companies were much better at designing their distribution, their management of their company, etc. So I think that if we can actually you know, allow design to be a part of the whole organization, not, not just the product or the, the end result, then hopefully we'll end up with better quality for, for more people. And it sounds like that's also what you, in line with you, what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. We, we, well, every once in a while I have a client that when we interview for a project will tell us, well, you know, we don't want high design. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's these air quotes around it. And, you know, my response is, well, do you not want – do you want us to half think about a solution? Do you, <laughs> do you want it to be kind of clunky but work? Like what does that mean? Uh, you know, high, right. high design – design doesn't come with a price tag. Design, well-designed items should should work within the context of, of you know, it, where it lives and, and – and, um, you know, for us, s- certainly, you know, certain things come with certain price tags. But for us, as, as we look to integrate furnishings into a solution for a client, um, you know, I, 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 I feel you. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to come up with things that aren't, uh, you know, there's a huge gap in between the beautiful product that's readily available but outside of reach of, of most um, or the, the product that's flooding the market that's poorly made um, and, and you can tell when you sit in it that someone, you know, that, that it was good enough when it got, got shipped through a production line. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to find things that resonate, that are well-made, that are easily uh, and readily um, sourced, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a struggle. And, and for us, you know, the, 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 the furnishings and the place and the emotion and brand have to weave together. That's a full – that's what the story comes from. It's like, it's like you know, writing a book but um, not worrying about any of the verbs and, mm. in any of the sentences. It's just not the way you tell a good story. So, and um, are you feeling there's – it's hard for customers, uh, for your clients to understand the value of product in general? Like do you lack the tools, the story – Kind of the, the the words to talk about why you know they should invest. Yeah, you know it depends on the client. Yeah. Um, I think the more sophisticated clients understand even even if there's a price point we need to hit, there is a there's um, uh, you know there's a benchmark around quality of thinking and and quality of manufacture, um, the craftsmanship of something. Um, you know it's it's. It's funny. There are a lot of architects that spend a lot of money building beautiful buildings, and and you you know they're not very friendly, but they're beautifully photographed. Mm. Um, they just don't you know the, the the furniture is is not very comfortable. The spaces are not scaled correctly. Um, you know we do a lot of study on 
kind of anecdotal research on on you know how design can make people feel safe or uh, you know spaces you know you often talk to a client about you know spaces to gather people and make them feel you know kind of engaged and together um, and poof there's a bleacher that's thrown into a picture and <laughs> there we've now developed a gathering space but you know how do you how do you develop scale and proportion and 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 you know color and light and furnishings that help people to understand that you know the personal interaction kind of being safe with each other is is you know what the space is meant for mm. um, it's you know it's it's a challenge um, but I think most of our best clients understand that that quality furnishings are an investment yeah um, is that I mean you deal a lot with uh, the Silicon Valley crowd uh, are, are, you, are you finding that client more perceptive to those arguments uh, again I, um, not to be squirrely but it does depend on the client there are a lot of clients that build so much office space that it's just about you know finding the next new yeah. um, you know oh we've done that before let's let's try something else um, you know we we, we try to kind of fight that and and you know we're constantly looking for new product as as quickly as you can kind yeah. of develop it <laughs> um but uh but yeah i do i do think that that um kind of the tech industry has been building a lot of space and does appreciate it's kind of further along than a lot of our clients in uh, the appreciation of you know how space can be a vessel for um kind of shared history for storytelling for bringing people together mm-hmm. for making sure that everyone that shows up to work every day understands why they're there why they matter to the organization and why that organization matters to the world mm-hmm. um, and every piece every selection every material sofa you know helps to tell that that yeah. story You're listening to Thought Starters, recorded in the pod at White City Place. In conversation are HEM founder and CEO Petrus Palmer and CEO of Wrapped Studio David Galulo. Now, I mean, we also uh, sell quite a few pieces, and uh, sometimes thanks to firms like your own, uh, <laughs> to some some of these fast-growing tech companies and their new offices and. It seems, in, in in my experience, that you have a, a big appreciation for the the extra mile in terms of product and quality. And um, we, I mean, our operation is based in Sweden, but the majority of our business is actually in the U.S. Mm-hmm. About seventy five percent of the business, in in terms of sales, is in the U.S. Uh, and now we've uh, we spe- specifically. Uh, set up now in in LA, Los Angeles where we have a showroom. We're also opening a showroom in New York now in a couple of months. Um, and it's clear that the the audience that we have in the U.S. is more perceptive to our messaging than what they are in Europe, which is interesting. I mean, now we're in London, which is our second biggest market after the U.S., um, which also then share, of course, some of the the dynamics of, of some of the the hubs of, of the U.S. Um, but for many other cities, including Sweden, we uh, struggle, to be honest, mm. on, on what kind of why you should choose our product. And 
you know, why price is not everything. Uh, it seems like there is, maybe it's a price point in, in general thing, but I, I think also there's, there is actually a, a, a just a perception or a general attitude towards what, you know, kind of investment you're ready to make into your spaces and in, into your workforce and into your, you know, and how you think about your workplaces. Yeah. You, We'd like to think that the European market, not to put everybody in one bucket here, <laughs> quite a lot of countries and cities in Europe, but in general, I, I find that you use the same words, but then when you, you know, you don't talk the same language when you have to use your wallet. <laughs> it's, it's then, a, you know, you, you tend to opt for, maybe, you know, maybe less of a good product. Yeah, I think... First, I agree. Words are easy to use. Wallet, a little harder. Um, uh, but it, it's interesting to me to hear that, that the U.S. is your largest market. One of the things I appreciate about him is, you know, we – because we do work across the globe, we're aware of uh, a lot of brands, uh, some of which are harder to, to source in the U.S. than others. And, and certainly you from the beginning have kind of been, um, you know, more – more available, uh, which which you know we gravitated immediately. You know, part of what comes in America is an appreciation for uh, good design, but there's also fairly quick time schedules <laughs> as, yeah, as well. Um, so so that you know there's the price point, but there's also I can rarely specify something that has a 22 week lead time. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a very difficult thing to weave into a, a schedule. So we often tr- you know step back from that. Um, Hem has been uh, you know a go to for us you know f- partly for that reason. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, we invested early on in a warehouse in Chicago, uh, so we ship everything, and everything is in Stockholm. We ship everything. I mean, we had an order the other day for. Uh, tech office in Silicon Valley, um, and they needed 250 shares. And luckily, we had roughly that number of, of, of this particular share in stock. So they they called us and they said, "Someone." So if I need that share now, you're out of stock. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not 250 at least. <laughs> no, and they, they they got in touch and they asked us because uh, some other some other supplier failed, and then they asked if we could help out and. We, we could ship within a week, which you know, is not a commonplace, especially not for European design brands. So I think that's that's also coming back to the idea of kind of designing the distribution part as well as the product, because it doesn't matter how beautiful it is or how valuable it is for you and the customer unless you can actually get it. So the accessibility part and making sure that your distribution is set up for the kind of uh, in a market you sell to, I think that's also a big fail from the design market. I, I totally agree, and and you know that that example I think is a, is a beautiful one in you know many of the challenges we we have. You know, if you, if someone fails, you need to get something quickly, or if you just don't have time in the schedule to to wait for. Typically, that typically we're cutting quality out of the equation because the stuff that is on shelves and readily available is of lesser quality. So, exactly. um, you know, the idea yeah. that you can offer something that's well-crafted, beautifully designed, um, and, you know, has an infrastructure built for 2019 instead of 1980 yeah. um, is something that we really appreciate. I, I guess you do some co-working as well. Yes. I mean, and, and maybe you did, did you do some WeWork work? No? Uh, no, we've done some uh, for the next WeWork. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, 
we had a some, some we sold some product to, to WeWork, and then uh, they highlighted exactly this fact that in the beginning, when things were so fast for them, uh, which it still is, <laughs> they used to go across the street to one of the the big. Uh, retailers yeah. and they bought consumer graded product because that's the only thing they could get just went to whatever you know the um, uh, the local consumer furniture shop um, and because that's that market is set up to work like that they have everything in stock and you you go in you pay for it you get it whereas what? the contract grade market is set up for you to wait for you to haggle over prices for everything to be transparent which is really strange yeah I, 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 you're absolutely right and and I, you know i can't tell you how many projects have have received consumer grade product because it is readily available and it looks good it doesn't sit as well as you'd like it to. It's not made as well as you'd like it to be. Um, but, you know, it's what you can get, um, you know, within the time frame and, and within and the price point. Um, and, you know, that that's that's a shame because to, to, to many clients, they can't even tell the difference until they sit in it and they, you know, start to yeah. live with it for uh, uh, over time. And, you know, many of those companies have developed contract divisions around the fact that that, that is a reality. And and while, you know, the, the commercial furniture business has done a good job of offering, you know, every opportunity for, you know, custom woods and and fabrics of all kinds and you know sometimes you don't need that kind of stretch of opportunity and you know if something was available quicker in a more limited range that would you know so yeah it's 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 always a it's always a struggle so what do you think about the whole co-working situation (laughs) (laughs) um it's interesting for us because the you know the the co-working aesthetic has rolled out of, you know, in our estimation, kind of, you look at the Ace Hotel on in New York City, and um, you could call their lobby a co-working space, because, you know, in any time of the day, you can go in and there's, you know, the place is full of, of folks on laptops or, or doing informal meetings. Um, you know, the workplace has learned from that. Uh, we're doing some projects in the hospitality realm that are, you know, kind of defied description. You know, it's, it's kind of part co-working, part fitness, part restaurant. You know, it, it's, it's because people's lives are merging, you know, their personal yeah. lives, their, their passions, their work life. Um, you know, say what you will about the 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 kind of the employee in 2019, but um, you know, one of the things we see is that people show up to work and really w- want to matter. They want to they want to engage in something that matters to the world. Yeah. It's just not about a paycheck anymore. Um, and so you're seeing spaces kind of be you know availing themselves to their you know the full range of emotion and postures during their day. Um, and uh, which which you know works to the furniture industry as well mm. because we're using much broader brands than we used to. It's not just the big commercial brands that are pumping out everything for the workplace anymore, um, which has made him you know really relevant in our world. I mean the whole the relevancy of the industries we're in, like the the, the furnished spaces and the, the the spaces that people spend time in. Um, I think it is probably higher than ever because the, the whole society is changing in so many ways, driven by technology, of course. But I used to um, 
work for some of the big brands in, in Europe, uh, designing product and, and uh, in, in general with um, more management consulting. And uh, they used to say that the big shift that made mo- most of these like uh, legacy design brands successful was the whole shift from the countryside to the city, from the farm to the workplace. That all of a sudden, you needed new type of furniture. You needed desks and task chairs and cubicles and whatnot. And they, a lot of them became extremely successful. Uh, I mean, in the US, you have Herman Miller and Knoll and Steelcase and Hayworth. In Europe, we have Vitra and Chinarps and a couple of other. Um, but all of them are now 50, 60, 70 years old. Yeah. Uh, and now there's a new shift happening. And it's you know driven by the technology, by the laptop, by the smartphone. Uh, we don't need to be in cubicles. We don't need to have work utilities such as desks and task chairs, um, at, at least not at the same, in the same extent. So there's room for new type of companies such as ours uh, that can be more relevant and hopefully the our company and, and uh, our generation of companies have designed their business, not only the product, but also their, their business, their distribution, to better cater to how the landscape looks today. So that's that's our bet, I guess, that you know, th- this generation needs brands that are relevant for how we act and live and work today. Yeah, no, I think it's a I think it's a good bet. I mean, w- what. What has happened is, uh, particularly in the workplace, which which we think is still you know kind of a, a rich testing bed for kind of social interaction. What's happening? How people feel? How they p- apply their passions? Um, you know what's happened is is the the commercial furniture industry has pumped out product that you know assumes that every worker is the same and would work in the same kind of situation during the day. Um, and, and really what we're finding is, is you know, our, our most sophisticated clients are interested in designing space that caters to um, all of the work postures, but also all of the personality types and interactions, et cetera. So how introverts interact with their coworkers is very different than extroverts. Putting them in the same kinds of space and expecting the same same output is is just not not valid. So, um, you know, f- for us, kind of a, a broader reach of product, infusing kind of a more thoughtfully kind of generated spatial response is is definitely kind of keeping, um, you know, as I said earlier, space is an incredible vessel for shared stories to bring people together, to remind them what's important. Um, and, you know, kind of the more thoughtful development of that is is definitely you know, where, where we're spending our time. That was a conversation between HEM founder and CEO Petrus Palmer and CEO of Wrapped Studio David Galulo. This has been Thought Starters, recorded in the pod at White City Place. Thought Starters is a DNN Co. project for White City Place, produced by David Michon, recorded and edited by Sean Crook. To find out how you can record your own podcast at White City Place, find us at whitecityplace.com, on Twitter or Instagram with the handle at whitecityplace, or shoot us an email at podcast at whitecityplace.com. And please subscribe to Thought Starters on iTunes and give us a rating and write us a comment. It really helps. Until next time.